Welcome to the Factual Forecast, a look at the week's biggest stories and what they mean from the editors at Factual. I'm Jimmy Lovis. Today is May 6th, and in this week's forecast, we look at Scotland's parliamentary elections, a labor board's hearing on Amazon's union vote, Eid restrictions in the Middle East, a court appearance for Myanmar's deposed leader Aung San Suu Kyi, and the protests in Colombia. And you can read about all of these stories and more in our weekly newsletter, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Scottish citizens will be voting for a new government today. The elections come after months of public inquiries into some of the country's most prominent politicians. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon's Scottish National Party holds a minority government and is considered likely to win. However, the party's lead in the polls narrowed after a public dispute between Sturgeon and her predecessor Alex Selman over a string of sexual assault allegations against him. Some fear their fractious relationship and Salman's new Alba party could hurt the Scottish National Party's chance of securing a majority in Scotland's parliament. Sturgeon has faced backlash over allegations that she mishandled the complaints against Salman, and while he was cleared of all sexual assault charges and an independent investigation found Sturgeon did not breach ministerial code, a separate probe called her government's action deeply flawed. Still, Salman said his party will help Sturgeon get the supermajority she needs to secure a second referendum on Scottish independence. Sturgeon, on the other hand, said the plan could backfire and split the pro-independence vote, allowing UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson to block a public decision on the future of the union. Scotland voted against Brexit in 2016 and would likely rejoin the European Union if it gained independence. On Friday, the National Labor Relations Board will hold a hearing to consider objections to an Amazon union election in Alabama. That election last month ended with employees at the Bessemer facility rejecting the effort by a more than two-to-one margin. The retail union involved claims the corporate giant Amazon interfered with the election by allegedly threatening to close the warehouse and warning it would lay off most of the proposed bargaining union if the vote was successful. The labor board said the evidence submitted by the union could constitute grounds to overturn the election results. Meanwhile, Amazon dismissed the allegations, suggesting the union is misrepresenting the facts in order to drive its own agenda. The company is grappling with a wave of recent strike actions organized by unions across Europe as warehouse workers and delivery drivers protest working conditions during the pandemic. Friday's hearing will be overseen by the Labor Board's regional director, but regardless of how they ultimately rule on the challenge, either side will be able to appeal the decision to the National Labor Relations Board in Washington, D.C., and the board could order a new election or even order the company to bargain with the union if it finds Amazon's conduct to be extraordinarily egregious. Starting Saturday, multiple countries across the Middle East will be tightening restrictions ahead of Eid al-Fitr, the three-day holiday that marks the end of the Muslim fasting month of Ramadan. The holiday is often marked by cross-country travel and large family gatherings, and officials have announced preemptive measures in an effort to contain a resurgence in coronavirus spread. Cases are on the rise or holding at elevated levels in most Middle Eastern nations. What's more, Jordan and Morocco recently identified cases of the more contagious Indian variant of the coronavirus. This raises concerns of a new wave of transmission and two of just a few countries that have been able to lower their case counts with emphasis on strict lockdowns and vaccine drives. Authorities in the region will be imposing a wide range of measures around Eid. Turkey, which has seen thousands of coronavirus cases every day for weeks, has been on a nationwide three-week lockdown since April 29th. State-affiliated media is crediting that with preventing a worse outcome. 
Meanwhile, in Oman, the government announced the nighttime curfew and shutdown of non-essential businesses for a week starting Saturday. Iraq, on the other hand, will be going into full lockdown for 10 days starting Wednesday. On Monday, Myanmar's deposed leader Aung San Suu Kyi is expected to appear before a court. She's been under house arrest since being detained in the early hours of February 1st, as the military forcefully seized power from her civilian government in a coup. Former State Councilor Suu Kyi faces a total of six charges, including one count of violating the Official Secrets Act. That carries a maximum jail term of 14 years. She'll appear in court alongside two other leaders from Myanmar's former civilian government. Her defense team says they've been denied private access to their client and have only been permitted to hold video meetings under observation from security forces. Suu Kyi has previously criticized the pace of the junta's legal process, and while she has appeared in court on multiple occasions since the coup, the purpose of the hearing, like her fate, remains unclear. Our last item for this forecast involves Colombia, where a national strike has gone on for more than a week. For more on that, we have Factor Editor Irene Viora. Hello, Irene. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for talking with us today. I've been checking in on the Columbia protests a little bit this week, and they've been surprisingly active. When did all this start? And for that matter, why? Uh, yes, the protest started on April 28th as reaction of the population to a tax reform that was proposed by the Colombian government in April 15th. This tax reform uh, was presented as a measure to help out the people whose incomes had been affected by the pandemic. But the main uh, aspects of the tax reform meant taxing uh, the middle class quite heavily for basic services and products, which in uh, a bruised economy like the one Colombia has now after the pandemic is uh, really not ideal. We've seen a lot of graphic images. Just how bad is the situation there? Well, since the beginning of the protests, uh, which have been uh, quite uh, deadly, we've seen a lot of clashes uh, in the street, a lot of views of police brutality. This is quite common uh, in Colombia, where protests are quite rare. Um, the population has traditionally only gotten out to the streets to protest when they are quite desperate about the situation. We've uh, seen a death toll of over uh, 20 people, approximately, and thousands of uh, injuries. So um, the government started feeling uh, the pressure and decided to withdraw the tax reform. I see. Have there been any resignations over this? Yeah, the finance minister resigned a little bit forced by the government and uh, his replacement has already been uh, appointed. But I don't think this is going to be a point of uh, inflection to calm down the protests. Now, is the tax reform fully withdrawn or is it just on hold of sorts? Yes, the tax reform uh, was withdrawn on May the 2nd. Because of the um, spark of civil unrest, uh, it didn't even make it to the, to the phase of approval, so it's not a project anymore. Uh, the government is studying whether they're going to present an alternative bill. 
the, they are going to be meeting with uh, leaders of the protests over next week to see if they can agree a way out of the crisis and if they can agree on some basic points um, that could contribute to the eventual approval of a reform, but one that affects the population uh, slightly less. I see. Have things calmed down now that the tax reform measure has been withdrawn? We have not seen yet uh, withdrawal of people from the streets. Uh, I would not expect so at least until an agreement uh, is reached between the parties. But also we have to bear in mind that um, in Colombia or in Latin America in general, when people take to the streets to protest is normally because they are in a very rough situation already after this pandemic families don't have anything to feed their children and um, i think it's going to take significant steps on the government side to make people go home on the other side uh, as well we have to take into account that a lot of the people who are protesting can only last for so long in the streets because their livelihoods depend on what money they are able to make every day and the time that they are investing in bringing protesting outside, they are not investing in making money to buy the food of the day. Well, that certainly puts things in perspective there. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us about it today. Hopefully this situation will end without further bloodshed. Yeah, let's hope so. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Sticker. One note before you go, every other week, Factal and our partners at Emergent Risk International co-host a global security briefing. The next one of those is May 13th from noon to 1 p.m. And as always, it'll feature risk analysts at ERI and Factal co-founder Corey Bergman. They'll break down what the latest headlines mean for security roles. We'll put a link to the sign-up in the show notes. Today's episode was produced with work from Factal editors Lara Vonderbrelli, Joe Vieira, Ahmed Namatala, and Sophie Perrier. Our interview featured editor Irene Viora, and our music comes courtesy of Andrew Gosby. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Factal Forecast. We publish our forward-looking podcast each Thursday to help you get a jump start on the week ahead. You can, of course, subscribe for free, and if you have feedback, suggestions, or events we've missed, drop us a note by emailing hello at factal.com.